0: Wednesday morning everybody I am Glenn
3: the Geek in Ocala, Florida And I'm Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma And you're listening to Horses in the Morning On the Horse Radio Network For February 24th Episode 2627 Brought to you today by Stateline Tech Good morning horse people It's Wednesday
0: morning That means Jamie and Glenn are back To talk horses with all of you Well, let's be honest Jamie talks horses Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie Enjoy the show So true (laughs) You say that every week. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. If you've never lived in the Northeast, uh, probably from Tennessee up— in the Northeast, you have never experienced something that happens every 17 years. And that is the cicadas come out to play. Now, this year is cicada year. They've been hiding since 2004. And we were in Maryland then, by the way, when the cicadas were out. And it is an experience. Now, a a cicada is basically a locust, and it's about two and a half inches in length, and it has a three-inch wingspan. They are huge. Um, And they're emerging soon. They're going to come out soon to lay their eggs in trees. And after the eggs hatch, there's going to be four to six weeks later where they're going to spend two to four weeks, this is in late May and early June, courting, mating, flying, and driving people nuts. Because they are loud. I mean loud. Plus, they fly into you, and they're just everywhere. It was to the point, the one time a certain cicada came out, we we visited Kentucky, and we went to... Shaker Village. I don't know if you ever went there when you were in Kentucky, but it's a beautiful (laughs) old historic place. Well, the cicadas were out. When you walked along, you crunched them because they they'll lose their shells and fall on the ground. And the whole, you'll go out riding your horse and you'll hear crunch, crunch, crunch because they lose their shells and the shells are crunchy. Oh, so
3: you're not stepping on live bugs? Well, they or the dead ones. Yeah,
0: both. uh, You get both, and but they crunch when you step on them or when you take your bike out. You'll just be riding and crunching. The whole way. There's that many of them. They come out by the millions.
3: I feel like some there's some every year, but like this is like these the... are the big
0: years. So these are the and they're the big ones. They're the big and size ones. So there's about 14 states. Apparently the temperature reaches 64 degrees is the magic number. Um and then they'll their offspring, once they're done doing their thing for two to four weeks, they'll go back in the ground till 2038 so uh, i didn't under, i thought what did they just like are, are they like a bear do they hibernate you know and then come back 17 yeah years what later? are they doing they apparently eat they feed on sap from roots and plants so they're underground eating and doing their thing there's lots of crap going on underground that we don't even know about that's pretty gross to be honest right yeah. <laughs> so yeah so there you go um that's uh that's coming up this year for everybody we- that lives in the northeast
3: We have a mole underground that you can all of a sudden, there'll be like a little like risen patch of dirt through the pasture (laughs) and we can't figure out how to catch it. I mean, you can't. like well, didn't
0: you have a farm that had a big problem with that?
3: Those were gophers. Gopher gophers, spits. I'm an expert at, yeah. and we still have some here every now and then, and we can attack them. And we're 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 well suited to catching gophers now. We're educated. Long we time. Know how to oh toy.
0: my God! If we had the time to go back and put all your gopher oh, stories together into one episode, it would be it would win awards.
3: <laughs> I mean, when we moved into the house in Arizona, <laughs> it was tall grass, and once it kicked, we mowed it down. We had to call in a specialist, and he was like, "You have thousands. <laughs> I'm Like, you know what? I think I caught them all. Just so you know, boom! <laughs> Your Stone daily Cold Killer Vegetarian. Stories were
0: hilarious. <laughs> 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 it just reminded me of Groundhog Day, or uh, not Groundhog Day, um, Sh- Caddyshack. It reminded me of Caddyshack. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah that every was my day life. you came in to t- talk about it. It was Caddyshack all over again. <laughs> and I think at one point you did get dynamite and try and blow them out. We did lots of things. Our Equiderma guest of the week is mounted shooter Carrie Wilburn, shooter Carrie Wilburn. She'll be joining us today. Uh, Dr. B is also joining us. He's going to talk about frostbite in horses. I said a little to, too late for some <laughs> of us. You know, it'll get cold again. I said to Jennifer after that cold spree, I said, we got to talk about do horses get frostbite? So she did this interview for us and some weird news. And we have a crappy list also coming up today. Actually, my list is kind of good. We're going to talk about the 10 top dog breeds for the barn so we're going to talk about that today too we're going to see if we agree with the list I found the list we'll see if we agree with the list but before we get to Daily Winnie's I just want to we have an auditor that's been around with us probably since the beginning of auditor time and her name is Angela Bailey and uh, she uh, she had a hard day yesterday and I just wanted to tell her that we're thinking about her and uh, we're going to keep you on our thoughts today so hang in there Angela alright Daily Winnie time I only have one birthday today. Happy birthday. Happy
3: birthday. Happy, happy birthday to
0: you. <laughs> it's Auditor Jennifer Shanks' birthday today, so happy birthday to you.
3: Oh, my gosh. I have been on an adventure, Glenn. So some people might not know, but I have a, a bit of a side gig. And of course, it involves horses, but it's helping people find I horses. I'm say, a, I, I
0: was wondering what the side gig was. I am not sure where you a- were going with it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> An equine agent, if you will, and I was contacted by a family in Oregon who had has been looking for a horse for quite a long time, and their trainer is not did, did, focusing enough time on finding them a horse, and so they contacted me, uh, they were referred to me, and I found... <laughs> I found him a horse, and let me tell you, it's fun to shop with a budget, not going to (laughs) lie.
0: So, Oh, you mean with a a good budget as opposed to a low budget?
3: Uh Uh-huh. Usually people contact me when they're like, hey, I need a diamond in the rough (laughs) because I have a $1,200, and I need a prelim-level event horse, you know, like ridiculous stuff. So, But anyway, they contacted me, and I have looked at horses all over, and then I finally was sent a video of the the child riding, and and I, I found a horse, Glenn. I found a horse, but I am supposed to be the buyer's agent for this horse. And I have no idea what I'm doing once we get the horse vetted. The horse is getting vetted tomorrow in London. (laughs) I Are you
0: going over to supervise the vetting?
3: They won't let me over. Otherwise, we'd be overriding the horse. (laughs) I'm surprised Uh, they're even
0: allowed to do vetting right now
3: yeah, they're, they're going to vet the horse in London tomorrow, but then it's like, how the hell do I get the horse to the U S and I'm supposed to be the facilitator for this. And I've never done that. So if anybody out here has experience in importing horses to the United States, I would really appreciate an email jamie at HorseRadioNetwork.com, because I have no idea who to go through what. And I, so I asked her and I said, Hey, you sell a lot of horses. What, you know, what is some things you would recommend? And she's like, Oh, no, usually the buyer does that.
0: Crap. You need to talk to Kayla. Kayla does this all the time over there.
3: Oh, yeah, see? There you go, Kayla. I'll be emailing and you later. Kayla's going to be
0: on the show tomorrow. She's doing the sales and breeding episode tomorrow. So you do need to talk to Kayla. Kayla can guide you.
3: Okay, well, that's good. Anybody else, too, if you have experience importing a horse um, to go from London? And you know what's funny is I had talked to Jennifer, your lovely wife, and Kayla about horses in Ocala. Because there were so many horses, like every event, I needed a novice event horse and every horse in the world that's for sale, that is a confirmed novice event horse is in Ocala. And I was like, I can't. Shop in Ocala. I can't send a horse on a trailer from Ocala to Oregon. It's just not <laughs> fair. You
0: no, know, that's a long way.
3: <laughs> and so, what do I do? I find one in London, London, because <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Wait, but at I least actually,
0: they can fly over to the West Coast, right? So. Yeah,
3: exactly. The flight is actually easier on that <laughs> than than sitting in a trailer that long. But I was like, oh my god, I can't find a horse. I just I've been looking, 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 and um, yeah. So London, cheerio. Um, (laughs) all of our listeners in England, I'm, I'm buying, if you have experienced West of London with any horse sellers, please email me and I'll tell you their name. But I actually checked online. This person has amazing reviews as far as being a horse, uh, seller and things like that. So, um, I contacted her and I was like, Hey, I'm looking for this. And she's like, Oh, perfect. Here, here's the one. And I'm like, Oh my God, it is the one. So anyway, I'm about to be importing a horse. Uh, hopefully it passes you.
0: You're so international.
3: I know this is this is going on the resume, Glenn. I I import horses internationally for clans. Look at me, put that on my business card.
0: Join us tonight at seven thirty. We're having the next Stable Scoop roundtable, and our panelists tonight are Mandy Flanders, who's host of a brand new podcast coming to the Horse Radio Network called the Leadline Podcast. So you're going to meet her tonight. She's been actually she's been around our shows a long time. Debbie Luchs. You know her, host of Horsemanship Radio. She's joining us. And auditor Rachel Walker is joining us as well. She's representing the listeners tonight. And our topics include how to creatively market your horse for sale. Uh, Racing horses at two and the use of whips in racing. Guess who recommended that one? And should both be abolished. Debbie wants to talk about that tonight. That should be a lively conversation. And managing costs of having a horse. What's necessary and what's not. I feel like that's just a useless conversation because you're all going to buy what you want anyway. I want all the things. (laughs) Exactly. So I just feel that's useless. Speaking of, by the way, you can see that 7.30 tonight, Eastern Time. Just go to the Horses in the Morning Facebook page or Horse Radio Network or Stable Scoop. We'll have it on all auditors. It'll be on your page, too. So it'll be in all those places. Uh, but speaking of buying things, if you go to com right now and check out, they're having a saddle pad sale. Uh, and it all is... All
3: the things that you need many, many of.
0: Many, many of. Many, many of. This is a Western saddle pad sale, and they have 10 pages. There's 452 of them on sale. Yes, you think English have a lot of pads? Ain't nothing on what the Western people have. Really? <laughs> they have a... T- and they're are prettier. I'm just saying, theirs are much prettier than ours and expensive. Western pads can be uh, cost a lot of money, <laughs> so they have them on sale right now for twenty percent off. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at an impact gel right now that's uh, marked down twenty percent. Uh, they have a bunch of gel pads right now. Toe clat pads marked down uh, to eighty nine dollars, and toe clat uh, pads are, are a lot higher than that usually. Uh, Diamond wool endurance uh, pads right now marked down. It just goes on and on and on. Whether you want square pads or you want shaped pads, uh, whatever you need, they're there. As well as they have the acrylic saddle blankets that everybody is so familiar with that you buy. Kind of like we buy our cheap saddle pads and use them by the thousands and then just throw them away. Uh, they have those marked down to $16.70. So, and with a multitude of color choices, you can check them all out at statelinetac.com. For you people with the saddle pad fetishes, it's your day. <laughs> well, now it's time for our Equiderma Guest of the Week. We have Car- Carrie Wilburn joining us. She is a level four mounted shooter. By the way, that means she's really good. Uh, And she's also interesting in many other ways. She's a major with the Lexington Fire Department. Yes, Lexington, Kentucky. She's a certified personal trainer. Probably means she's in shape more than us. Uh, and uh, she also has three quarter horses, two dogs, and two very vocal donkey, mini donkeys. So she has some zombie donkeys. We'll talk to her about that, too. But uh, she was the high-point shooter in Kentucky in 2014 and 2019. And she also loves Equiderma products, but we're going to get her on right now. Why, well, hi, Carrie. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Now I happen to know because because uh, you are a major with the Lexington Fire Department, so that means you've been around the fire department a long time.
4: Yes, yes, I have been uh, with the Lexington Fire Department for twenty years now, a little bit over twenty years.
0: And you're you're full time, right?
4: Yes, yeah, we are a full-time career department here in Kentucky.
0: And and uh, Jamie and I both lived in Lexington for a long time, so uh, we've seen you guys run around. We probably saw you driving a fire truck down the road.
4: Yeah, yeah, probably at one point. Yeah, that's awesome. so that, you guys are familiar with, with Kentucky, the, we're the horse capital of the world. So.
0: That's Well, no, I live in Ocala, and we just had that argument oh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So.
3: I <laughs> still say Lexington wins,
4: okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. They, they say they are, and we say we are, so it's a... I think it's an ongoing um, dispute, maybe or disagreement.
0: <laughs> so I, you know, we've had a lot of badass uh, horsewomen on the show today, and I think being a mounted shooter and being a major with the fire department, you qualify as a badass. I'm going to put oh, you in that well,
4: category. Thank oh, thank you so much. I, I really, <laughs> I enjoy both. I really enjoy it. the fire department has been a fabulous career, and um, mounted shooting has it's just such a wonderful group of people. Um, I can't, you know, I. I did some showing in saddlebreds before I did mounted shooting. And I, I can't say enough about the, just the people in mounted shooting. I think it's just what really makes the sport um, fabulous. Um, just when you're a new person mounted shooting, um, everybody will just, you know, welcome you with open arms and help you as much as possible. They'll let you borrow their stuff and their horse. And I mean, it, it's just an incredible sport.
0: And you like wearing the outfits.
4: Yes. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty awesome too. Um, you know, it's, it's not, um, you know, a lot of, um, equine sports, you know, it's, you have to wear a particular, um, I don't want to say uncomfortable attire, but, um, with mounted shooting, we do have required wardrobe, but you actually get to dress up like a cowboy or a cowgirl and wear the chaps and the chinks and the hat. Um, you know, you can go like more old style, Western attire, like from the 1800s and early 1900s or, um, you know, with the, the chaps and the chinks, and um, we are required to wear the button-down shirts and a cowboy hat, but, you know, you can kind of go all out with it, um, you know, kind of whatever you want to do, so that's kind of fun. You know, particularly um, being with the fire department, I'm, you know, wearing the navy blues all the time, so that's, that's kind of a fun side of it for it as well. A lot of people will. I gotta you know, kind of put their own spin gotta, on it.
0: I got to ask you this. So growing up in high school, like I know Jamie had this, and I know my wife did too. Growing up in high school, when you're the horse girl, you're known as the horse girl. Are you known as the horse girl around the fire department?
4: I am, yeah. And actually, <laughs> I, I grew up in Cincinnati, so I didn't come into riding and horses until I was actually on the fire department. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, you know, I get fire department is known like we tease each other pretty hard. Um, cause we're one big family. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of known as the horse girl. And it's, it's kind of funny. If I put anything on social media without a horse, um, everybody's like, where's the horse? Um, <laughs> there's, no, there's no horse. Where's the horse? But, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, before we get to mounted shooting, I'm going to ask you some more about that. Uh, we have to talk about one of the other things that you have because we call them zombie donkeys. And it's been a joke oh. for the years on the show <laughs> about miniature donkeys being zombie donkeys because most of them are holy terrors that we've heard about. Uh, how are yours they,
4: um so yeah, they are most of the time they're really good. um they we've got a a mother and a daughter mini donkey, and we we actually got them from a vocational school here that's a pretty check out locust trace um vocational school here. It's a really neat program, um, but they are actually really good, except for when they're not. Um, <laughs> and they actually um, they I ran me over the other night when we had the really bad weather, the ice storm that came through. And so we had, you know, brought them up out of the weather and had them in, which I thought was a really great thing for them. Well, evidently they, they just weren't, they weren't really enjoying being in. And I went to, you know, feed them and they, they literally ran me over and then <laughs> ran around our property in the dark for about a half an hour. <laughs> um, so I, it, you know, they Yeah, I agree with your assessment of them. They're, they're interesting little animals to have They're You know, they're so small, but I always tell the guys at work, they're a whole lot more hard to handle than the the full size horses for just whatever reason.
0: Now, what kind of ribbing would you have taken if they had run you over and you had ended up in the hospital and you had to explain that to the guys at work? Uh, I
4: I don't think I would have called the ambulance. I think I would have. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think I would have just laid out here. It would have been, I mean, they teased me already. Um, you know, some of the stories I have to tell them, but yeah, it, I, I'm not sure I would have called the ambulance. I think I would have done everything in my power <laughs> not to call the ambulance. Um, you would have
0: walked there if you it, had to,
4: crawl. Yeah, I think I would have just, <laughs> I patched myself up because it was, it was bad already. Um You know, I was out, I think it took me about 30 minutes to catch them because, you know, I think if you're familiar with many donkeys, they do. They're almost like cats. Um, they kind of do their own thing and until they're ready to do what you want them to do, they're just not going to do it. So, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend them, but they're, they're interesting.
0: So, we've talked to other mounted shooters, and I want to do something a little different with you today. Um, As a matter of fact, you know Tammy Serrance. Everybody in mounted shooting, I think, knows Tammy. She used to be a host of one of our shows for years, and Tammy showed up at our house. I met her for the first time. She had brought the horse trailer up to the World Equestrian Games in Lexington. That's where I met her for the first time, and uh, she said, come in here, and we went into her living quarters horse trailer, and she was pulling guns out of the oven, underneath the couch, uh, out of the shower, I mean, she just didn't even remember where they were all were it was crazy because she'd been sent so many guns to use because she was a world champion yeah um yeah what how does a tournament work so how how does the actual tournament work if somebody if you're going to a day how's it work
4: yeah so um i would really encourage anybody um that's new to not be intimidated by that at all um and i think you know a lot of new people you know getting into something you know, if you see, like, an event, if people go to cmsaevents.com, you can see all the events that are being hosted in your area. Um, and, you know, one thing, you're we welcome spectators, so go and show up. But basically, um, with a mountain shooting event, they're typically a one-day event unless it's, like, a large, um, you know, state um, competition or regional event. Um, and so, you know, the start times are usually earlier in the morning, um, and they will there's always a safety meeting. Um, it, obviously because firearms are involved. Um we do shoot blank so it's safe to spectate. You know, the the um embers, the black powder and the embers from the firearm only go a certain distance. So I've had that question before, like, oh is it safe for the spectators? Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a different um yeah, Kevlar,
0: Kevlar vest for the spectators yeah. are not required. No.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's not required. Um but basically there's always uh, you know warm up time and then there's a safety meeting and then there's there's actually six levels. Um, so if you're a new person, um, you would be competing against other new people. And, um, then there's, there's typically four stages, um, what they call stages. And so we have 86 different patterns. So it's not like barrel racing where you run the same pattern every time, So you could, you know, you could run completely different patterns every day.
0: And a pattern um, consists of 10 balloons that you have to shoot, right? Mm -hmm. In in a certain Mm -hmm. order.
4: Yep, in a certain order. So there's typically um you have two um single action um forty five long colt um firearms and you shoot five the first five are are considered the random part of the pattern and they can be, you know, an S shaped zigzag or they could be, you know, in a big U shape and then um you would, you know, use five um five rounds on those and then you have to exchange one gun for the other gun and then typically but not all the time, the other ones are in a rundown.
0: If it's just a straight line and you're just flying toward yeah, the gate basically. Line. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So um, for most events you'll have four different you'll have four different opportunities to, to go, which is kind of nice. Um, so you 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 know can make a whole day out of it. And so one, you know, like if it's a Saturday and a Sunday event, Saturday is freestanding and Sunday is another day. Um, but the nice thing is, you know, if you're a, a new shooter and you show up and you're like, hey, what's going on? I guarantee that somebody will take you and walk you through it. I 100% guarantee it. Um, you know, and particularly like say you show up once you show up on Saturday and you say, I'm interested in getting into this sport. Um, can I come tomorrow and bring my horse? Somebody will offer to let you borrow their chinks and a shirt and a hat and guns and a holster. I, I absolutely guarantee it. Um, and so that's the nice thing is that you know if you're interested in getting into the sport, you could you know find an event in your area, you could show up on Saturday, kind of get a feel for what goes on, and then you know come the next day if there's something you think you would like. And so that's, like I said, it's just it's a really nice thing. Um, it's also nice, I think, for a lot of people, if you're employed full time, um, they're typically on the weekend, sometimes there's Friday. Saturday Sunday events and some of the major events do go throughout the week but it, it's, it's also nice the way they're scheduled um, you know you can have a full-time job you can have a family you can
0: have a career
4: and still kind of work it in with other things
0: so um, you know and I know that uh, you also do I, I don't know if you personally do but I know that uh, one of the things Tammy did also was the pistol rifle combination which I always found fascinating.
4: Yeah, I um I I don't do it with my current horses. I actually had an uh, other another horse that I did. I didn't do rifle, but I did shotgun. Ah, okay. Um, and so yeah, that's a lot of fun too. Um, where in that in that situation you do the five random, and then instead of doing the rundown with the pistol, you actually do, um, with the rifle you do the five rundown still the five run down, but you do it with a rifle with the shotgun they do it with in, in clusters. so you'll have a cluster of two or a cluster of three so you still shoot five points but you do two shots with the shotgun so i've actually done the shotgun i've not done the rifle
0: and this is but all that's while, a lot of while steering and and with one hand mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, or steering with nothing you know basically mm-hmm. yeah yeah i just think it's fascinating and you have quarter horses do you find quarter horses are usually do the best with this um, a
4: lot of people do use quarter horses. Um, the horse I actually started on was, um, some, he was some random mixed breed, uh, gated horse. So, um, I think unlike a lot of other, you know, competitive areas in, in the horse world, you know, there's no restrictions. Um, one of my good friends actually competed on mules for a long time. Um, and her mules, they're awesome. Um, I think any, you know, any, equine that will let you shoot off of it that you can ride and navigate through the pattern is great so i mean i've seen people shoot off of draft horses um you know and at the time when i first started i had a a paint horse and i had um this gated horse and the gated horse just took to it and he was actually a lot easier to shoot off of because you know he didn't have that up and down motion you get with a lope i mean he was just completely smooth so being a new shooter, I didn't have to really contend with as much movement. So, um, you know, I think that's, you know, having the disposition, having a horse with a disposition that'll take to it um, is kind of more important than necessarily the breed or anything else. Um, I think, you know, the upper levels a lot of times kind of gravitate toward the quarter horses just because of the speed and their agility on the turns. But, you know, I've seen people riding, you know, appendix thoroughbreds and you know, Appaloosas and, you know, all, all kind of different breeds.
0: Okay, cool. Well, before we let you go, let's talk about Equiderma products a little bit. What, what What's the product? If you had to pick one, and I know everybody uses multiple Equiderma products, but if you had to pick one, which one would you say is your favorite?
4: Ooh, um, yeah, it is It is hard to pick one. Um, I love all their products. Um, I use the zinc oxide paste a lot. Um Obviously, like right now with the weather being what it is, um, but I use it a, a lot year round. Um, the My main mounted shooting horse, um, Smarty, she has a lot of issues um, with scratches and then just, she's just a little bit high maintenance. Um, and so I find that I use the zinc oxide paste. It's just kind of my go-to product, um, you know, just, I actually use it a lot for just preventative on her, um, on her for scratches and then um, just protective. She actually has some white areas on her nose, so I actually use it almost as a protective kind of coating on her nose. She just gets, she's just kind of a sensitive, high maintenance horse. So that's kind of my go-to product. The good ones um, always I are. This, <laughs> yeah, I use it. I use the skin lotion a lot too. Those are the two that I reach for consistently. Um, but yeah, that's that's my go-to product though.
0: And I know a lot of the other uh, guests we've had on have also loved the zinc oxide paste. I, I just want to note that that's apparently out of stock right now due to COVID. They're having time getting it in. However, it should be restacked very soon. Oh, you might okay. find it at a store at one of the retailers, uh, but at uh, Equiderma.com, they're out of stock, but they should be getting it soon. They wanted me to let everybody know that. Okay. Uh I think that's great. I mean, I, uh, their products are great. You can find them all at Equiderma.com. That's where you go to find them. And uh, obviously, they have a lot of loyal users. We've been having guests on forever, and you guys all love their products. We use them here, too. Uh, and the zinc oxide paste here, we live in Florida, so scratches are an issue. You know, there's something to deal with all the time. Uh, Yeah. Well, this is great. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. I'll let you get, I know you're at work, so we'll let you get back to work so the guys can tease you some more. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I I
4: appreciate the opportunity. This is a lot of fun.
0: Hey, we're coming into Lexington. Uh, We're coming in. We're doing a road trip in August. I got to go visit you at the fire department. We need a ride in a fire truck, Jamie. That's what we need.
3: Yeah absolutely give me a call i would love i've to always wanted to door. do one of the
0: hoses will, will they let me touch a hose no
3: don't
4: let him hear anything in the fire department especially can, if i can make i can make that happen yeah just text me um let me know oh, when cool. you all are coming in we we're doing this happen. jamie we
0: are so doing this
4: we can <laughs> make it happen yeah yeah we can actually yeah let me know I and i bet you we that. could try
0: mounted shooting too we could Carry do this, this
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep yep um i will look um if you guys would like i'm i'm pretty sure we have several managed shooting events in august um oh, there's cool. we've got clubs here in kentucky and then right across in ohio as well so
0: all right. Well, we're, we can wait, I, we can I will. All that I'll be in touch. You. All right. Well, Glenn <laughs> okay,
3: is not qualified. Thank you so much. To, you run the hose or hold a gun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give him neither.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. You,
4: work, you guys work that out amongst yourselves. I can make it happen. <laughs> Jamie's
0: breaking up. We have to go now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Carrie. Bye, Carrie. Okay, thank you all. Bye, bye.
0: <laughs> How cool would that be? We got to do that. You need to get over this. You need to try mounted shooting,
3: Glenn. When I shoot a bow and an arrow, Mm -hmm. yes, I have done some mounted archery. Mm -hmm. And if I have the arrow in my hand Mm -hmm. and my left hand and the bow in my right hand, it's not going to shoot. It's not just going to go off. If I hold a gun,
0: there's potential. It's just going to go off and fire. Actually, Actually, theirs are tougher because theirs are the kind where you actually have to cock it.
3: Uh, It doesn't matter, Glenn. So it has to be cocked first before you do that.
0: (laughs) It never just shot out like that. I think they would actually have you shoot it a few times on the ground before they put you on one of their horses. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Maybe a mini donkey. How about you would do it on a mini donkey? How How about about
3: this? I will do it 100% (laughs) right after you do.
0: Okay, on a mini donkey, we're going to do the mini yeah, donkeys? Right after,
3: you, right after you do it, buddy. I'm
0: in. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go to our next guest. But we are definitely visiting the fire department when there. It'll be good for pictures. Um, so <laughs> she sounds like a lot of fun too. Uh, so thank you to Equiderma, Equiderma.com, for bringing that guest on. It was terrific. Uh, Doctor B is one of our regular guests here on the show. He's also out of Lexington, Kentucky. It's Lexington, Kentucky Day. It's Brian Waldridge. It's because and-
3: it's the horse capital of the world. (laughs)
0: And I asked Jennifer to get him on the phone, and he couldn't come on right now, so she recorded this interview. Uh, But this is him talking about, do horses get frostbite, and what do you do about it?
1: It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report, when our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass produce kevlar Kevlar-coated, wrap lined equine products. And now, let's chat with Dr. Brian Waldridge about frostbite. And here I am with Dr. Brian Waldridge, known by a lot of the horse world as Dr. B's Bluegrass on Facebook, a veterinarian from Central Kentucky who has this really cool Facebook page that he puts all kinds of interesting posts on, Uh, about his many adventures there in Kentucky as a horse vet. Welcome back to the show, Dr. B.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for asking me.
1: Today, as we record this, the entire United States seems to be well and truly frozen. So I thought it might be timely to chat a little bit about frostbite, because horses can get frostbite, too. So, Maybe we should start with what is frostbite.
2: So frostbite is really the the effects on the body and usually it's the extremities, so the the places we worry about are the ears and the feet and, and occasionally the tail. The extremities of the body where there's less blood flow, so those spots are more sensitive to cold damage and when cold damage occurs it can both actually freeze those cells, but also it damages the blood vessels, so there's less blood flow to those areas, and that's why sometimes when you add a sequela of of frost frostbite, is, <clears throat> excuse me, that you'll see skin sluffage and changing colors of the skin where it you know, looks like a burn turns blue or turns black.
1: So, is is frostbite literally frozen? So, if a horse or a human, for that matter, has frostbite on the tip of their ear is the is that actually a frozen ear or is it a little more complex than that
2: it can be truly frozen you know if the blood flow is compromised to the point that blood can no longer go to that area then it will go ahead and freeze because the blood's going to be our way to to warm that tissue so in the worst case where we have the damage to the blood vessel and the tissue becomes devitalized or or dies then that can go ahead and freeze so you know less degrees of frostbite but the ones we want to have is maybe where there's just some cold damage and we warm those tissues up it may be red and painful for a few days but goes away and the bad end of the spectrum would be No blood flow and dead tissue that's eventually going to slough off.
1: Ew, this would be yucky. Okay, that's step one. Now step two, obviously horses don't get frostbite all the time. Horses live in all parts of the country, all over the world where it gets really, 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 really cold. So under what circumstances would a horse be at risk for frostbite?
2: You know, to me, and, and this thing I always talk to clients because we've gotten a lot of calls on this because it's really cold in Kentucky right now, is you know, we worry about what's the horse's overall body condition. Uh, you know, because really those pretty young, good body condition horses, you don't tend to see it as much in. So if they have good body condition. They're less likely to get frostbite, although that's not always true. And then do we have conditions that make the horse more likely to have cold stress, so really the the two big ones in that is wind because we all know about you know when they're doing the weather report telling you what the uh, wind chill is. I don't even listen to that anymore in Kentucky because it's always terrible. <laughs> but what's the wind chill going to be? And then things like getting wet because you know you get wet, you get colder because you've got wet, so now you get more more heat loss. So you know if horses have a wind block in a spot they can get out of the rain or the snow, then they're less likely to show those signs. And, you know, as a rule, but not always true, you know, if they're a kind of a younger, healthier horse and they've had time to adapt to that change in weather, you know, a horse has been in the cold area for quite a while and, you know, had time for the season to gradually change, then they, those tend to do all right. You know, if we took a horse from California and dropped them right in the middle of Kentucky right now, they're definitely going to show cold stress.
1: So cold stress, and this is something that I used to struggle with a lot back in the day when I took care of lots of other people's horses. A horse is designed, and humans are too actually, mammals are designed so that as Mother Nature's seasons change, they change relatively gradually, and their body adjusts to it so that in the middle of summer, when the average daytime temperature is 85 degrees, if you pick that horse up and magically drop him someplace else where the average daytime temperature is 40, that horse is going to experience cold stress because his body has not had the chance to adjust to it versus that same horse could live in a place where in the summertime it's 80 degrees on average in the winter, summer. And then in the winter, the average temperature is 12 degrees, and that horse will be just fine because he's experiencing the seasonal change, and his body is hardwired to make those adjustments.
2: Right, they've had time to adapt to it, and a hair coat is
1: that's part of it. <laughs> greatly,
2: greatly more influenced by right. It's part of. It's greatly influenced by duration of light in the day. So. That's the biggest contributor to it. But also, if they're in cold, they're going to tend to grow a a heavier hair coat. But So they may not have as good a coat, neglecting the the effects that uh, Mm -hmm. decreasing sunlight would have, which should trigger a heavier hair coat.
1: Right. And then you have the effect of—I just watched this on Mythbusters the other day—when the body gets cold, whether it's a human or a horse— the body will reduce circulation to the extremities in order to preserve core body temperature, so that they don't become hypothermic, thus contributing to poor circulation in the extremities, which keeps them even colder.
2: Right. But your horse and can't and that's put on one of the mittens. Frostbite things. <laughs> no, they can't. No, and uh, although if they had those in the horse catalogs, they would wear. them. They would but, sell. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: I would buy some. Absolutely. So, say we're having a cold snap. Or you have a horse in that you think might be at risk. Maybe he's older, um, not so prone to moving around and keeping himself warm, doesn't particularly care for eating lots of hay and all those things. How might I suspect that, uh uh-oh, my horse might have frostbite? What would I look for?
2: So coldness would be one of the things, you know, is that tissue. And I I always kind of go back to their foot to control, to, to, to be, to be when I'm trying to think, you know, is this horse's, we'll just use ear as an example, or or the other day I checked a horse's sheath to see if it may be having some frostbite. So I'll, I'll always go back to the feet because it seems like the, the blood flow there kind of would tell you what the extremities are up to. So I'll go feel their foot say, okay, what does that feel like? Then go up to their ear and say, does the ear feel a lot colder? Then that would worry me if it felt, inordinate inordinately, I shouldn't use such high words with more than two syllables um, colder from the ear to the foot and I think well that's a little bit worrisome because he should be maintaining that blood flow better oh, and then is there pain oh. when you feel of that area is the horse painful because you know with frostbite they're generally going to show those two things where you know if it's just a cold day it may feel cold but the horse shouldn't show any pain you may see swelling too because of that Decreased blood flow and the fluid can't get back into the circulation
1: so you go out and color change
2: I and, should and, say color yeah change and it's, which is
1: harder to tell on your horses so whenever you, yeah. you you're going out and it's frigid nasty weather you're worried about your senior citizen and you go out there and you go oh boy his his ears are very very chilly and he is unusually upset about me fussing with his ears he usually doesn't mind what's my next step
2: Well, then we get decide. You know, can we bring the horse? If there's a worry of it, and the horse is showing discomfort, then how do we get them out of the cold? So, do they have a a windbreak, or are they wet, or they need to come in out of the out of the weather? And then, you know, if they're not wearing a blanket, then that would be a time to think about a blanket to try and just make that core body temperature be higher or maintain it better and. Potentially help the extremities stay a bit warmer.
1: Okay, so we're going back to that core body temperature by helping the core body temperature uh, comfortably and easily stay normal versus stressing and and struggling to stay normal. We're allowing the body to naturally improve the blood flow back towards those extremities.
2: Yes, and it depends a little bit on size, too. Like, you may worry about it more in a mini. Than you would. Uh, true. He's
1: got an adult, yeah. normal
2: size horse. Yeah, it's a because tiny thing. The, the because because really the the smaller animals have a greater surface area compared to their body weight than a larger animal. So because of that greater surface area, they're more likely to lose heat.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna we're, we've brought we've brought our horse over and we've got him in our we've brought him into the barn and we're gonna walk him around a little bit, help him warm, put a nice big puffy warm blanket on him. Is we're gonna use ears as an example because it's easy. Uh, would it be a good idea to rub his ears, put mittens on his ears, pour some hot water on his ears? What should we do?
2: So I think rubbing them, putting something on there, you know, water because that's gonna promote heat loss. I probably wouldn't do that. And if one of the responses to heat can also be blood vessel constriction, oh, so I, I would, that. as you know, as much as possible, let them passively warm themselves by rubbing them or, or covering them up.
1: There we go. So, at what point is it better? Call the vet.
2: You know for sure a color change. You know if you saw that that tissue is is purpley to you know, and everybody's seen those pictures where the people who get, get terrible frostbite starts to turn black. Yeah, they're that's, icky. That's that's <laughs> they are terrible. <laughs> that that shows there's been significant tissue damage. And so, you know, if they don't respond within an hour or two, then it's probably time to have it looked at. But color change would be bad. Continued pain would be bad. And then the rest of the horse feels pretty warm. And that tip of that ear still feels really cold. And
0: Uh, that
2: would signal there may be something going on blood flow-wise.
1: There we go. Very interesting. So uh, bring them in, help them get that, Core body temperature comfortably and consistently back to normal, and uh, do a, make sure he's got some forage and plenty of hydration. Can dehydration play a role in susceptibility?
2: Well, it sure can. You know, it, it would uh, animal would have to be fairly well dehydrated, but still, if they have lower vo- lower blood volume, is going to be lower perfusion to the rest of the body. So. If, we, if we're normally hydrated, then hopefully our blood volume is going to be as it should be, which would help keep the tissues perfused and warm.
1: There we go. Well, fascinating stuff. And, and you, as I said, timely, considering that as we record, the entire country seems to be dipping below, <laughs> below norms. So uh, thank you again, Dr. B., for stopping by and telling us all about really great horse health topics. Where can folks follow your many, many Central Kentucky adventures online?
2: So I'm on the Facebook, uh, Dr. B's Bluegrass, and uh, have pictures of the things I run into every day and uh, some of the horses I'm lucky enough to see uh, fairly often that uh, everybody can come and uh, enjoy Kentucky from afar.
1: There we go. Well, thank you very much for coming on, and we will see you again soon.
0: Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race in Jamie's Weird News.
3: Yes, today is one of those days, Glenn.
0: You
3: just might be embarrassed. <laughs> We're embarrassed. But I would like to thank you guys. This segment is getting gaining in popularity. So if you like it, thank you. Um and if you don't, then send an email to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. But I had a lot of people submit, and a lot of people submitted the same story. And it's it's interesting enough that I'm going to I'm gonna do it first. But Jenny Lindsay It's like they're se- voting
0: on a story.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I got it from several people. Jenny, Lindsay, Sandy, Faye, Bryce, and Danielle all sent me weird news stories. Uh, And let's start with the one that was the most popular. We're going to go to Anchorage, Alaska, Glenn. Oh, well, we don't go there very often. We don't. But... um, This woman, it's hard to figure out how to start this because we're going to go to um, Alaska and we're going to go to Eric Stevens has a yurt. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Eric and his girlfriend had That's taken kind of a round cloth house. Yes, yes, and they've taken snowmobiles in, into the wilderness to find this yurt. It's about 20 miles northwest of Haynes, okay, wherever that is. That
0: sounds really and, cold is what
3: <laughs> Yeah, and so Eric's girlfriend goes and has to use the facilities. And when you have a yurt, there's no facilities in the yurt, apparently, or at least his yurt. So she goes out to the outhouse. It's about 150 feet away from the yurt. Mm. Uh, and then they see Shannon... Laying on the ground, holding apart and and screaming, uh, and so they heard heard the screaming and ran out there, and they thought she had been bitten by a squirrel or something, and so Eric got his headlamp because it's it's nighttime, and he goes out into the yard and he's like, "What just bit you?" And he opens the toilet seat and he shines the light down don't into. Don't tell the me toilet. there was a
0: snake. I don't want to hear that.
3: There was a bear staring. Right back. He up. was in
0: the the the, the outhouse. <laughs> in
3: the oh loo, God. there was a bear. He said, "I opened the toilet seat, and there's a bear face just right there at the oh level of God. the toilet seat, looking right up through the hole right at me." He said, "I shut the lid as fast as I could." I said, "There's a bear down there. We got to get out of here now!" And we ran back to the yurt <laughs> as fast as we could. And once they were safely back inside, they treated Shannon with a first aid kit. Des- determined it wasn't a serious wound, but they would head to was Haines it if on he her It was bleeding, but it was not super bad. Was it the
0: bite on her butt?
3: Yes! (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. And the the fish and wildlife. But they're saying it's like a nice, warm home, you know? I mean, (laughs) for the bear. Um, Yeah, so um, if you're ever in Alaska and you're staying in a yurt... (laughs) And you go out to the restroom i shine I'm, a light down in there first. I'm
0: getting a bucket in the house. I am not going out at night in Alaska with the bears to go to the bathroom. A bucket in the house with a lid, it would be fine. It'll work.
3: She's, you know, Eric says no matter the season, he's going to start carrying bear spray with him at all time when going into the backcountry. And Shannon says she plans to change one behavior as well. And she says, quote, I'm just going to be better about looking inside the toilet. How about we just dump, dump the shit? guy
0: and get some guy that lives in a normal place? How about we there, do that?
3: You know, <laughs> she's she could find somebody else. There's like you know a ten to one ratio of men to women in Alaska. <laughs> yes. So
0: yes, go for it.
3: You could you could do a little better. All right, now we're going to go to a weird, disturbing story. I I hesitated. To tell this story, because it is weird, but it's kind of like disturbing as well. We're going to go to Phoenix, Arizona. There's a thrift store in El Mirage. And this family was going up and down the aisles shopping. And they see this no. kind of plushy glowworm. Like it looks like a. One of those Teletubby things, but it's like a baby toy. It's green and it's got like little sections in it, and it's like a bean bag type toy, you know? Yeah. And the, so this parents like, "Oh, our little baby will love that." And they grab the plush glowworm oh. <laughs> and they take it home, and they decided to like you know wash it and kind of inspect it. Thank God before giving it to their child because there weren't beans in that bean bag; those were pills. Fentanyl, which is painkillers.
0: Oh I was going to guess cocaine, but uh...
3: <laughs> they found... narcotics. <laughs> it was hundreds and hundreds of dollars of, and you know somebody's in big trouble. trouble. They're like, "Where'd you put that damn beanie baby?" <laughs> like, I, brought it to I don't god know. Well. I can't find it. I did make a donation to the Goodwill. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so we started in Alaska, then we went to Arizona, and guess where we're going to finish up? With our last, not one. But two stories, Glenn. Uh, Florida! gonna head to let's go with collier county florida because a florida couple i might have done this i feel like i could did this one but maybe not uh you know you go into florida
0: stories start to sound the same
3: (laughs) i know i'm like have i done this one before oh it's just another florida story there is a couple and they go into the costco because you know costco has some really good deals on meat And so they go into the meat section and they're looking around and they're like, you know, what's better than buying meat, stealing meat. So here's what they do. And if you've ever been to the Costco meat section, which I don't frequent all that much, but I have seen it
0: because you can
3: see it from a mile away.
0: In large quantity packs,
3: very large quantity packs, Glenn. (laughs) And they also have a very large variety of meat. And, you know, this couple was like, oh, my God. I really want some lamb, but we can't afford lamb. So um, I'm trying to find Vito Gentile, 76 years old. Oh my God, they aren't young either. (laughs) And Lucrezia Gentile, they decided they were going to just take what they wanted. And so he said, Vito said, Lucrezia, baby doll. Open up your purse. So she opens her purse, and he stuffs a giant rack of lamb. How big is down that purse <laughs> into her purse? It must have been pretty big because then Vito was like, "Lucrezia, I know you're still holding your purse, but come over here because I'm gonna put some halibut in it." And so he took a giant thing of oh, halibut, folded it has. in half. Yeah, right. And and it gets better because then he's like, "Lucrezia." Is your purse full? And she's like, Yes, my purse is full. I cannot carry anything else in my purse, uh, Florida. So I can't carry nothing more in my purse, Vito. And she's like, Well, he's like, Well, come over here, Lucrezia. And he grabs a crab.
0: <laughs> Did that go down her pants? Giant. Please tell me it went down her
3: pants. And he said, Undo your pants. <laughs> <I knew it. laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so he takes Lucrezia's Florida, pants Florida
0: people don't and
3: stuffs down <laughs> one of the giant blue crabs. And then he's like, oh, you know what would really go well with lamb and crab and halibut? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take, take some of these clams. Oh, clams. I'm going to take some of these clams and I'm going to put them in my own pants. Oh, okay. And then Lucrezia and Vito were like, "You know what? I think we can't take anything else." And so they just start walking on out of the Costco. No, first
0: of all, clams rattle; they're in a shell.
3: This is this is not <laughs> this is not the brightest couple that have ever been. So he's
0: uh, walking along, going clink 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 clink. <laughs>
3: <laughs> how, how many like clams like do, are they in a bag do they like, they usually come in a
0: bag them? yeah they, but there's usually like a dozen it's, it would make him look like he's well endowed let's just put it that way
3: well, it didn't work because <laughs> they were stopped. Deputies stopped. the. Co- oh, you know what? These people, Lucrezia and Vito, actually are snowbirds, and they live part-time in Florida are. and part-time in New York. And they walked through the store, and they did purchase some items, and they paid for them, and they, then they left. They went
0: through the checkout with the clams in his pants?
3: Uh, yeah, <laughs> they did. And Lucrezia must not open her purse because there's some stinking fish in there. And so they go through the line, they pay for their items, and then they shuffle on out. And at that point... They are stopped by deputies and arrested. And all of that lamb and crab and halibut, halibut and whatever else that was a hundred and fifty dollars worth of meat. <laughs> uh, Lucrezia Vito veto stuff. Well, you know, if you're to gonna steal crops.
0: stuff, take the expensive stuff. Don't take the cheap chicken. You don't want to steal chicken. Nobody you know? nobody steals ground beef. Right, exactly. <laughs> 80%,
3: Eighty percent, 20 ground beef. Well, you could have done better, <laughs> Lucrezia. Get the hell of it. And we have to finish in Florida
0: as we do, but we're going go to go to say ju- about the last one. That was the oldest Florida man we've ever had. That was, it was the oldest you know, one.
3: I don't know. I mean, that's the oldest active criminal. I you know, <laughs> think, that was stealing things, not doing weird things like walking down the street, street. you know, yeah, naked. What, yeah. 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 Naked. <laughs> so now we're going to move over to Jupiter, Florida. How close is Jupiter to you, Glenn? <sighs> oh, hours. you know, what? it's, it's it's east of Locksahatchie. Yeah, so it's, a, it's, a, it's several hours.
0: Up. It's more down there where Jemmy lives.
3: Well, Joshua James, if you look at his mugshot, he looks like your everyday, average, full head of hair, normal, Criminal? all the teeth having 23 <laughs> year old man, boy, man, man, child. Well, he was, um, there's really no word on why. He did this other than maybe thought he thought it would be funny. Um, but a Jupiter, Florida man was arrested. Glenn, he went to Wendy's and he goes to the drive through and he's like, yeah, can I get me some uh, Wendy's food and a drink? And so she he pulls his uh, uh, car around to the window and the lady opens a window and the server hands him a drink. And instead of handing her money, he threw a three-and-a-half-foot alligator through the drive-thru window, Glenn.
0: <laughs> I saw this story before.
3: <laughs> I have so many questions. Everybody's seen this story, but I, it came out like last Thursday. Just and just a I've baby been
0: one, though. Uh, just a baby.
3: I just think that a three-and-a-half-foot alligator is not a baby. They come out of eggs, Glenn. It can't be that much of a baby. So he was actually charged, get this, with aggravated assault with a deadly, deadly weapon,
0: weapon.
3: <laughs> illegally possessing an alligator, second-degree larceny and pe- pe- theft, petite theft, according to Palm Beef Sheriff's Office. Did they screw yes. up his
0: order? Is that what happened? Oh. I, You know, it didn't say that they screwed up his order. It just said he just did it. Because I felt he like just... doing that a couple times when they screwed up my order. Well,
3: you and Joshua James <laughs> can spend a lot of time together in the uh, sh- Palm Beef Sheriff's lock up <laughs> so, and again he looks normal like he doesn't he still has he doesn't all have his
0: tattoos teeth. on his forehead or There's anything no
3: face tattoos no. <laughs> I mean I don't mean to like you know no offense to those of you that have no teeth and face tattoos. Face tattoos. I mean, I'm sure all of you are listening right now, and I'm not offending, trying to insult you. It just, I just am surprised that a man that would throw an alligator through a drive-through window would look so normal.
0: You know, I think we have a lot of auditors with tattoos, but I don't know of any with a face tattoo. I don't think I know of any.
3: Mike Tyson is an avid listener to this program.
0: I <laughs> dare you. On that note. <laughs> Thank you for Weird News, and thank you for everybody who contributed to Weird yes, News.
3: Yeah, it's some coffee. I love it. Jamie at Network.com.
0: You know, I need a bumper for Crappy List Wednesday. We've been doing it for about five years, and I never did get a bumper for it. But I have a Crappy List for you. This Crappy List is out of a website. I'm not kidding. This is called wagwalking.com. Wagwalking.com. It's a dog that's blog. A website. Yes, it's a website, uh, dog blog, and they did an article, and I want to see if we agree with this. Okay. So this okay, is I this haven't is, looked up. No, you haven't looked it, and, and you don't have to. It's okay. Uh they they did an article on the best barn dogs, and they they basically went with two categories categories. A barn dog that's good for getting rid of rat rats and mice and things like that. I never had a dog that was good at that. Uh, And then they have the protective dog. So the dog that takes care of your animals, whether they're cows or horses or whatever, sheep. So that's what they have.
3: Not the the kind of dog that's going to, you're going to walk in the barn, it's going to be like laying in the middle of the aisle and you're going to be like, get out of the way. Not the kind that we have. No. That's okay. correct.
0: These are actually useful dogs.
3: Bella the Basset Hound, you have, you can't lay. <laughs> I'm sure Bella's the out the there skull. protecting
0: everybody from the wolves. <laughs> so, um, so Australian Shepherd, yes, I that th- that is very. Po- they said Australian Shepherds are the most popular herding and protecting animals on farms around the world, and I would believe that a lot of uh, our friends have Australian Shepherds or and you know yes. some kind of.
3: They shepherd. are great farm animals. Uh sometimes they help you when you don't actually need help. You had
0: those, didn't you?
3: Didn't I have I have always had shepherdy type dogs. Zinny yeah. is an English shepherd, which is kind of an Australian shepherd border collie. It's the American version of yeah. that. And um I just can't get her, get it through her brace. She's the worst herding dog ever. Like, you know, you try to shoo something away. You're like, get away. She goes around the other side of them and sends him back to you. <laughs>
0: Here, go round up the bear and bring it back.
3: <laughs> I'm like, get, go, move on. <laughs> she wouldn't do good in a yurt either. <laughs> no. Yo, you want the bear in your bed? Okay, I can bring him.
0: I often wondered why Jack Russell Terriers were so popular with horse people, because basically they're bonkers. Most of them I've ever met are bonkers. They're all over everything in the house, countertops, tabletops, everything. I have a
3: Jack Russell I you know
0: remember. you do. Let's uh, hear It's this. number two, by the way, Jack Russell Terriers. Uh, and it, they're basically good hunting dogs, apparently. You know, they'll get rid of vermin and other creatures and, and keep the foxes out and that kind of thing. Um, so, do, does your Jack Russell have your Jack Russell terriers ever been good at uh, keeping the mice away?
3: Oh, number one, I've only have one. And that's because somebody it wandered up to my house in Phoenix and then I called the owners and they didn't want him back. So, like,
0: <laughs> and of course, Jamie's like, you don't want him, I'll take him. Let's yes.
3: purpose. What this could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, no. He snuggles with Lucas, and Lucas fell in love with him. So anyway, he's a he's a shorty Jack, which means he's like a miniature Jack Russell. So we're talking about double the nightmare, um, because now he's little guy with even little guy syndrome even more. You know, so <laughs> he he really thinks he's giant. But w- what he is good at, Glenn, is when brand new barn mice just know where the feed rooms are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they just know. So when I go to open the tech room. I go tank, come here, tank, because his name is Tank, because he's tiny and he's a Jack Russell, and he thinks he's a tank. So he comes over and he's like, no, "My tank," going to open the door, and I just barely, I, I start to jiggle the handle, and he starts to get <laughs> excited, <laughs> and then I open the door, and whoosh, he shoots in. And if there is a mouse in the local area, I'll hear. It's really sad, but it's very helpful.
0: Oh, he's that quick, huh?
3: Oh my god! And he's like <laughs> mostly blind and deaf, and he's like 14, and he's still that's I like think his Jack lifespan. Russells have
0: instead of seven or six or seven senses, they have like 25 senses. They
3: I they I mean I'm experts. not a fan of of killing. I've already talked about the gophers yeah. on this show, today, but the mice too. Like like you know what? Again, like as long as you don't mess things up or scare me, you can live. But like you're <laughs> messing things up, you're pooping all over my saddles and my pads and everything. My yeah. like, it in smelled the, like
0: in heat. the in the horse food, not good. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I just go, dang. Here we go. And I open the door and it's gone. It's pretty good for a
0: fat little dog with no legs. He is, he is. <laughs> Number three on the list is Australian Cattle Dog. We had friends that had Australian Cattle Dogs. They were some of the coolest dogs I've ever seen. Oh, yeah? So they're Some of the smartest dogs. They will do vermin. They do They do both of those things, protection and vermin. Uh, but they were some they're of the They're high energy. Yeah, right? high energy. Oh, yeah. And most of them I knew wouldn't have come in the house. They just didn't want to be, they weren't interested. They'd live in the barn because that's where they belonged. You know, that's where they thought they belonged. And we I had don't. a dog like that. We had a barn dog in Pennsylvania that was a kind of a hybrid of something and something but uh, Houlihan was her name. She would not come in the house. She absolutely would not walk in the house. You could... Try and pick her up; she'd bite you. She slept in the barn with the horses. I didn't care how cold it was out; it didn't matter. She would not come in the house. And, Chad would love her. Yeah, until the day she died. She, that dog knew its job. Border Collie, and yes, I've had lots of friends that have Border Collies, and they're they're and also lights. some of the coolest dogs. And there are snuzzle bunnies too in the house, but high energy. You got to work them.
3: <laughs> they need a job. I, that's my favorite breed by far. Yeah. Danny's half Border Collie. I've had Border Collies forever, and but they need a job, right? So they got to work.
0: They got to get they, their exercise she, in.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and like my last border collie, you know, her job was me. Where is my mother right now? Are you in the bathroom? I'm going to sit outside the bathroom until I can just see you again because I need to know where you are at all times. I was her job. She would sleep on the floor next to the bed. And if I got up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, she's got to go with me. Like she, I was her job. But yes, I've had other border collies and and that they just need something to do and and then i had another border collie that i taught 10 billion tricks to cuz she just like had this Desire to learn things.
0: When I started Horse Radio Network, we had a girl that that lived with us for a while, one of the working students who had a border collie that was more interested in sleeping under my desk than doing anything energetic.
3: Oh, Uh, wow. Anomaly.
0: Yes. The next one on the list is what Jennifer had uh, and her family had while growing up, and that was an entire pack of German Shepherds. Um, Oh, wow. They had German Shepherds, which I don't see too much on farms anymore. I think we've talked about the German Shepherd recently, but um, you don't see them a whole lot on farms anymore. We have a couple in the neighborhood here, but not many. I don't see them a lot.
3: We have some across the street, directly across the street, and the mailbox is right in front of their fence. Oh my God, I'm like, please, please don't get out. They just act like they will murder
0: you. We have a neighborhood war going on here because the one uh, the one guy moved in uh, right beside us and brought his dogs that bark constantly all the time and annoyed the neighbor. And he has he has pit bulls, so the neighbor decided I'm gonna get uh, Doberman pinschers. And so he has two Doberman pincers, and now the Pitbull and the Doberman pincers bark at each other over the fence. So that's Wait, a good so time. We've
3: got Dobermans, two of those. We've got Pitbulls and German Shepherds yes, all.
0: Yes. Oh my God, I've <laughs> Uh Then the next on the list, which are also really cool dogs, are Pembroke Welsh corgis. Oh, so, of course, the corgis.
3: They're the cutest things in the world, yes. but I do believe that they will shed
0: for eternally yes <laughs> they do lose a lot of hair but they are cute uh rat terriers again kind of kind of in the same family as the uh jack russell's right so rat terriers are in there uh and then uh next on the list is a great pyrenees have you ever met one of them
3: they they are very common here in oklahoma oh, really? as livestock livestock yeah, that's
0: what they're great for they'll protect it. i mean they'll go after anything
3: and people are breeding them, mixing them with the Anatolian shepherds. I don't know why, but I think the Anatolians have a little more aggression from what I've mm. seen.
0: Yeah, because these things look like giant fur babies, <laughs> the Pyrenees.
3: They're uh, like white St. Bernard. Yes.
0: They're so great. The Bernese mountain dogs, there's a cool dog. We actually had uh, Jennifer boarded at a place that had a Bernese mountain dog, and they are cool dogs.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, they are
0: really cool dogs and loyal to a fault. I mean, they are loyal you, and they will get rid of any predator. Uh, and then the last on the list, ironically, and... Uh, Basset Hound. No. Basset Hound. No. Basset
3: Hound, because that's the, the they're not on the list. Ever.
0: However, this is hit or miss, and they talk about it here on the show once a month, is American Foxhound. They're good protector dogs, but they're not always great house dogs. So they're you have What's it to be called? particular. An American foxhound, it's what they use for fox hunting, basically. Um, oh, and they're great at protection and and uh, all of that. But you, they're not always great house dogs. You really have to be particular. They've talked about it here on the show before.
3: It's basically a uh, basset hound is the dwarf version of these.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I yeah. I can see that. Yeah. yeah basset hounds are dwarf hounds. So. Yeah. I can see that. comes with dwarfism—they're so cute. I gotta say, WagWalking.com, I think, did a pretty good job with this list. I like it. No, no golden retrievers or labs.
3: Those aren't. Those not normal farm dogs. Well, I guess
0: they're farm dogs, but they're not considered great at protection or eating the critters. Ah. So these are more working farm dogs. Uh, But
3: yes, Jack Russells and Corgis are the dog of choice at horse shows. You just see those all all the the time. time. Forever you have.
0: Yep. That's been true forever. You're absolutely right. So So there, it wasn't such a crappy list today, was it?
3: No, it was pretty good. Pretty I know I'm, good. i
0: slipping. Like, I'll find a crappy one for next week. Oh, yeah, I, mean, oh really? I have a crappy something for the auditors after the show. You have to hang around because we are talking about bridezillas after the show. Uh, there's been some new ones that, uh, new li- lists of uh, demands that have come out from some recent brides that we have to go over. Because, <laughs> oh, brides are getting crazy, crazy. They've always been crazy brides, but they're getting worse, I think, in modern days. The new generation of brides are more demanding than they ever have been in the past. So let's uh, talk about that in the post-show. Tomorrow, the sales and breeding episode, Kayla will be here with a special guest host. And also on Friday, we have really bad ads, and we're giving away $400 in prizes at the end of next month. So get your ads into Jennifer at Network.com. And don't forget, tonight, Stable Scoop Roundtable. If you have never joined us, it's fun joining live live because you can comment and actually join in on the conversation and that'll be on the horse radio network facebook page horse in the morning facebook page stable scoop facebook page any one of those and the auditors can find it in the auditor room please join us live tonight lots of good questions and topics we're tackling and lots of good guests and you can find jamie at
3: you can find me at flyover farm on facebook flyover farm jamie jennings certified monty Roberts instructor she will have more video have soon
0: once her wing is uh improving once Oh her...
3: no we we have horse and training right now oh, and okay. Abby's been great enough to ride him for me and uh he's he's super
0: cute so now he's finally videos. back to work
3: he, he was just boarded for a couple weeks
0: while <laughs> the snow was melting good well I'm glad you're back to work and uh at least uh, supervising you're you're now supervising you have I'm a white probably
3: hat. I'm doing a little little too much but mm. you know um it is what it be. is
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here's your surprise pain I'm actually surprised It's taken this long to be honest
3: (laughs) It just kind of hurts
0: Whatever Pain will stop you from doing too much That's true It's a good equalizer